Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Type that into your app search, then download. Gresh and Fourier on W-E-E-I. Did you think that you were going to be on a plane to Fort Myers? Uh, That's a, it's a good question. I, I, I thought it was 50-50. 50-50. I yeah. mean, in the days... Did, I thought at some point I thought it was sixty forty, like forty percent I will get on the plane, sixty I won't. So and when was that? Like a week before? I think it was two weeks before. Two weeks before you like? Yeah, I have a lot of uncertainties going on. I'm like, look at my wife. My wife definitely not loving it. (laughs) So um, yeah, um, um, for sure, for sure it was tough. But you know, um, hey man, I'm here. Second hour of KJ Lions on WEEI in progression. Fourier, that is Red Sox reliever Kenley Jansen on the latest episode of Rob Bradford's Baseball Isn't Boring, admitting that he didn't think he was still going to be on this team on his way to spring training. John, I ask you, what in the living daylights is going on from that full throttle comment to where we are now. Yeah, well, maybe the throttle was fully in reverse, KJ. I mean, we just didn't quite get that second part of the quote. And, man, KJ, I'll tell you, like, I love the Red Sox, and I wish I could come on here and be happy about them like, and have them be a winning team. And I feel like the last 10 times we've talked about the Red Sox, I've just been angry and frustrated. Like, this is a team that, in order to maybe even sign Jordan Montgomery, which it doesn't even look like they're going to do, they have <laughs> to consider. Conversation? Oh my god! They still have to shed payroll and trade Kenley Jansen. Like, and then there was reports just now. Um, Gabrielle Starr from the Herald tweeted this that reporters asked John Henry down at Fort Myers if he wanted to talk about the team, and he just laughed at him and said no. Like, we're talking about a team that's finishing last place three out of four years, and so you really want to laugh at I would, them? I would need to see the video of that. Yeah. In the in the environment where they're in, and let's just call it what it is. He owns one paper, she works for the other, right? So like, it's, okay, it's yeah. still a competition. Yeah. I'm not saying she's incorrect. I in this age, you don't have video of that you're like, who doesn't have video of that? Everybody's got. And video I don't think it was the evil maniacal, you know, Mr. Burns laugh, but I feel like he kind of <laughs> shrugged it off and was like, yeah, like no way, like, like well, anyway, like, any connotation doesn't make it appear good. Yeah, right, uh, and, right. That, and that right because like he laughed like. I'll confirm that from Chris Cotilla. Chris Cotilla tweeted out the exact same thing. Okay, but I still need to see video. I, like because like why do you not have that video considering there's a Bruder the, film of Henry's last right like can we get the Criterion version of this here because 
Look, I, at this point, some if the man is showing up to spring training, someone's got video of the man. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I just need to see that first. I think we're in that we're the, in this environment now where come on, where's the video? Yeah, and, and, and KJ, this is what kind of concerns me and frustrates me and I'm sorry to cut you off there, but No, 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 no. You, we uh, on our Google Doc preparing for the show, yeah. you wrote under the Red Sox, does anyone care? Like, think about it. And, and what what I think is concerning, KJ, I think the answer right now, a lot of people don't. Like, right now, think about it. Spring training started the past week. The NBA is on an all-star break. The Bruins haven't been playing well. And the Patriots were terrible. We should be talking about the Red Sox a lot. And what, did we, spend the, what did we spend the first hour talking about? A Patriots TV series. And what are we going to yeah, spend later in the show talking about? A Patriots TV series and the Celtics coming out of the break and Jason Tatum meeting Larry Bird at the All-Star game. Like, the, we should be talking about the Red Sox now, and the only reason we're not is there's really no sign that they have interest in being competitive this year, much like there wasn't the second half of last year. And that, to me, is concerning for the Red Sox, but it's really frustrating for me as a Red Sox fan. So let me play devil's advocate here for a second, right? Because some people think Did you know the devil is a kid, just like you knew Steph Curry is a kid? I'm just wondering. No, no, there. Should I tell you that? Because yesterday was Jordan's birthday that, you know. You knew him as a kid? No, I actually, him and I used to have the same lawyer and I spent time with him. Wow. But that's not important. What is important is what if free agents are saying, no, I don't want to go there? What if free agents are starting to see the Red Sox as. Keep in mind, right? You go play the Yankee, play for the Yankees. You know that they're going to try and spend their way back into competition. You know that, and they have no last names on the back of their jerseys. Think about players and branding and all this stuff. No, no. Then you got another team. Historically, they have no names on the back of the jerseys, and they kind of fudge with the pay, if they will. Like, I don't know if we're going to pay you that much, right? Because here's what you hear a lot of with recent Red Sox transactions of players who've come here. If we can get fill in player's name back to fill in player year <laughs> then we'd have something right so it's this it's been kind of this rehab literally who outside of Raphael Devers who is the next listed branded star on this team i mean i Trevor Story yeah that's who i was going to say it's funny cuz it's like it was Chris Sale he's gone Yoshida maybe yeah, you, yeah, Yoshida maybe internationally yeah but but tre- in terms of major kinda, league yeah. baseball at the high school level who walks back into their high school here it's going to be Trevor Story. Yeah. And what was his story? If he can get back to blank year production and can produce this, then maybe we could be happy. And guess what? It hasn't happened. Yeah, and I think another thing, like when you talk about and think about all the free agents that were available this offseason, especially great pitchers, and there's still some available and some via trade, there's really two reasons why a free agent will choose a destination. I think this is true across all sports, winning or money or both. And if you're the Red Sox, well, you finished in last place three out of four years, including the last two. So you're not winning. And they're lowballing guys. They're, they're not paying guys. Because they weren't in on Otani. They weren't in on Yamamoto, which, okay, I get it. Maybe you're not going to be in on both. But they weren't even close on either guy. They haven't been in on Blake Snell. They weren't in on Juan Soto in that trade, which I know was a rental. But still, they weren't in, even in on that trade. They weren't in on the Corbin Burns trade that the Orioles made. So they're not being aggressive with money or prospects, and they're not winning. So, guys, if you're a free agent, do you really want to go there? Like, I don't, well, I don't think I would. Well, I would make an argument that historically, yeah, it's either been winning or money. 
but it seems like now because players make so much money, it's about winning, right? Because if I can go someplace and make take ten million dollars and win, okay, my tax is a lower tax bracket than say going somewhere to be paid fifteen million and constantly lose, right? Because if you're the one that took the money and go to a losing situation, guess who everybody points the finger to because you guys are losing? Sure. You, right? And so because of where we are in social media, I think some of these players are built to say, you know what, I would rather go take a little bit less money and win than go somewhere to take up and eat up a bunch of money and lose and then just face all these barrages of everything and all this stuff that's being said and rumors and innuendo stuff that can't even be checked but will be spread man sometimes your peace of mind is worth money than is worth more than any amount of money and i think some of these players are saying look we know how intense the red sox fan base is do i want to go there suck up a bunch of money or take a bunch of money and still be a losing team and everybody point and look right at me yeah and i think a great example of that right is what happened with david price when he signed with the uh-huh. red sox because before that right 2014 2015 they had not been good for the previous couple of years he had a good offer from the st louis cardinals and was probably going to go there the red sox had to come in at a much higher number because they had been bad to convince him and i know we went through some ups and downs with david price especially initially but he was a big part of them winning a world series in 2018 but because they had been a bad team they had to go way above with the money and they were willing to do it so he chose and then when they started to become good again then they trade for chris sale right and they had this young talent that came up and you know betts bogarts your bradley all those guys that came up and then there were other guys who were maybe willing to join at a more reasonable price because the team was already good and they knew they were going to contend but they had to make that initial step of hey we're not good so we got to maybe, and I don't even want to say it's a big overpay, but they overpaid maybe a little bit in terms of the market for David Price, but they had to do it to help get themselves back. And it feels like now, KJ, they're not willing to do that. Like they won't give Montgomery or Snell or whoever that little extra bit. They won't give the White Sox or the Brewers that extra prospect for a Burns or a Cease to get themselves kind of back on track pitching staff-wise. And that that's, I think, a change from what we've seen the last 20 years. KJ and Lions in for Gresham Fourier here on WEEI. Good President's Day to you. Reminder, it's not a celebration of a particular president anymore. It's to celebrate the fact that we have a democracy that you get to vote for a president. That's that. It. So pick whichever one you like or don't like. It celebrates them all, not one in particular. But here is one person in particular that I wonder, how much are they stirring things Not so much in a proactive way, but if you ask me, I'll give you the answer, and that's Mookie Betts. Because if you're, think about this, if the Angels, whatever they decide to ultimately do with Mike Trout, you'd probably have to say, hey, Mike, if you want to leave, we'll let you leave, but we won't find ourselves not giving you what you want. And then you would say, well, shouldn't have Mookie Betts gotten that same treatment as well? And you feel like that not only did the Dodgers make an effort to go get Mookie, but look at everything they've gotten since he's gotten there. So when you start having the conversation about, well, what is it like back there in Boston? And you may not say anything bad, but your body language can give you everything you need. You're not saying anything glowing either. Right. Right. right? Yeah. And even just look at a more recent example. You know, you say that, you'd be like, (laughs) Like, but you can even let's look at a recent example. Like the Yankees last year, they have a down year. They go eighty-two and eighty. 
What they go out and trade for Juan Soto, the best available bat they on the take market. Take the chance, knowing that yeah. Soto could go across yeah. the street the very next year. And you hold, and then they trade for Verdugo. Which look, I was ha- more than happy to let Verdugo go. I was sick of him right. by the end. But now he's just kind of like Verdugo a here, outfielder? right? Verdugo <laughs> here was the headliner of the bets trade in New York. He's going to be like a, a complimentary piece to Judge and to Soto and. The New York's open, and the thing about the Yankees, they already have a Cy Young pitcher in Garrett Cole. They have another guy in Carlos Rodon, who I know was bad last year, but has had multiple great seasons. They hope right. he can, like the Red Sox don't have those guys. They don't have a guy that's won a Cy Young. They don't have a guy that can say, hey, maybe he'll bounce back and be a great player like he was before. Like they, I mean, I, and look, I love Brian Bayo. I think he's going to be a good pitcher, but he doesn't have that track record. Like, and, and that's in your division. That's your chief rival. They have one down season. One bad season, and they go out and make a Juan Soto move. Red Sox have three out of four, and it feels like there's just not the same level. Like, KJ, do you think that the Red Sox front office, and ownership specifically, has the same investment of winning that they had six years ago? The game has changed. Because I I don't. I I think you have to factor in the two covert years, right? Because a lot of pocketbooks took a hit. And so you have to wonder, okay, are we going to freely spend like we used to? Let's see where the rest of the league and market dictates. Look, San Diego, for those of you who thought that, like, okay, look what San Diego's done. It ended up being a dud, and they were chasing pretty much the proverbial carrot with a rabbit with no speed last year, and that's why they missed out. And now, look, Xander's at second base. So you you don't want to be that cautionary tale like the Padres, but at the same time, I think you have to determine what you have in your division. So if you're the Padres, I think you made a mistake trying to overspend when really you're only competing with the Dodgers. I think the the the, the Diamondbacks were just one of those that just got hot because of the new rules with the pitch count. I mean, with the pitch clock and the stolen bases and so and forth. The playoff were, structure, right? Too. Right. Yeah. So they were one of these defensive teams with speed, and you could steal eight, ten games in a season. The Padres were doing the old model here in the AL East. I don't care what you're talking about. There will not be a stolen base leader coming out of the AL East. Okay, yeah. you're going to have a home run leader, an RBI leader. You know, a couple of guys with 100 RBIs on a team. No stolen base. No. Who cares who gets the Golden Glove in an AL East? You, all you did was either prevent the ball from going over the ball, or you watched it go over the ball. So it, it, that's that's the other part. Is what is the identity of the Red Sox? Now, if you told me that they're going to try and make them into a small ball kind of Arizona Diamondbacks team. With a great pitching, you got to do it with great pitching. So that's the other part of it, right? Then I could buy into that because you can get more bang for your buck and at the end of the day, be there in the playoffs. I just don't see those players out there on that field. Yeah, and the Diamondbacks have not one, but two ace level pitchers and right. Zach Allen and Merrill Kelly. Like, so that's the thing. You're right. Like, you got to have those guys. And look, like, you're the Red Sox. You can, hey, you can wait for Kyle Teal and Marcelo Meyer to develop and to become part of this organization and cornerstones. You can also spend at the same time. They always have been able to, and they can. I think there's a choice that has happened that they would rather just wait for those guys, and they don't want to spend. And maybe it's, I personally think, it's a just lack of investment and interest in being an elite team year in, year out from ownership. And Bloom's bad trade deadlines had something to do with that too. But also maybe part of it is, they have Liverpool now. They have the Penguins now. They would rather have them all be good than maybe one team be elite year in and year out, right? So instead of having just, hey, the Red Sox are a World Series contender every year like they used to be, 
It's, hey, the Red Sox, Penguins, and Liverpool are all going to be pretty good and fighting for playoff spots year in and year. It feels like maybe there's been a shift there. KJ and Lions in for Gresham Fourier here on WEEI. 617-779-7937. Text line 37936-37937. I don't know what I was... What is on my brain? I think I just gave it away right there. Um, Next... We'll talk to my buddy Alex Gold in Kansas City. It doesn't even seem like the Super Bowl was a week ago, and the shooting at the parade was just about four or five days ago. We'll check in to see how they're doing, but right now it's time to trend with Joe Braverman. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Bruins will wrap up their seven-game homestand this afternoon as they take on the Dallas Stars for a afternoon matinee at TD Garden. Bees are 1-3-2 and two on the current homestand. That includes going winless in their last four straight. Puck drop is set for 1 o'clock. The East knocked off the West in the highest-scoring NBA All-Star game in history, 211 to 186. The final score: the Bucks. Damian Lillard took home the game's MVP with 39 points and 11 of 23 from three. Jalen Brown contributed 32 points, and Jason Tatum finished with 20. The Celtics will return to action this Thursday in Chicago against the Bulls. Some other news in the NBA this morning. Adrian Wojnarowski reports the Brooklyn Nets will be firing head coach Jock Vaughn. Vaughn went 64 and 65 and two plus seasons after taking over for Steve Nash seven games into last season. ESPN's Buster only reports that the Red Sox will be signing closer Liam Hendricks to a two-year $10 million contract. The right-hander is currently recovering from Tommy John surgery and if he returns during the year, it will be later on, potentially post-trade deadline. And Jeremy Fowler reports that the Patriots will not extend left tackle Trent Brown's contract, making him a free agent officially on March 13th. With Brown's contract voided, the pass will carry a dead cap hit of $2 million. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WEEI and WEEI.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Yeah. KJ and Lions in for Gresham Fourier on President's Day. Thank you so much for spending your time with WEEI 6176. What is on my brain, John? This is the second time I've said sex for the number six. Um, you I know, think it's I, food. Well, you can dial that number for something special. Know, yeah. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that an 800 or 900 number? 617-779-7937. Ask for KJ. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 3-7-93-7. Um, 
you know, John, when before we came on the air, I told you, I was like, look, I wanted to get the insight from what happened last week at the end of the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade. Now, usually us having Kansas City on here, I mean, we're going to get into the GOAT debate for sure. But the first thing that came to my mind was it seemed very similar to the uncertainty from the Boston Marathon bombing. And the reason why I'm thinking about that is because both of those events, you've got over 500,000 people pretty much in one area. Now, you've had incidents in different situations, but in smaller scale. So let me bring in from our sister station in Kansas City 610 Sports Radio, Alex Gold. Alex, first, good morning. And second, how are you and the folks of Kansas City doing less than a week from what happened at the Super Bowl parade? Hey, KJ, thanks for having me on, man. No, you know, I think this was a much-needed long weekend for a lot of people, frankly, Mm. you know, given the tragic events of Wednesday, and I think the emotions were riding high for for everybody, and it was a long week for everybody. And and as you mentioned, we actually brought up the the Boston Marathon a little bit in our conversations on our show, just as we were discussing some of the events, and in particular, you know, what it means for big-time parades in the future if you were to have another championship parade, and, and what does that look like? And Obviously, it's heartbreaking. You know, anytime, uh, you know, I, I grew up in Kansas City, and so anytime your hometown goes through something like that on a day that was, I mean, the ultimate celebration prior to that, I mean, it was a perfect day. It really was, guys. It was in Kansas City this time of the year for it to be 65 degrees. You couldn't ask for a better day. Kids were out of school, throwing the football around up to, you know, the fourth floor of some condos, and, and everybody's having a great time. And then to see how quickly, um, unfortunately, you know, life can change and, and, and forever for some people involved. Alex, I was wondering if you could maybe walk us through your experience from that. I mean, were you at the parade? Were you following it live? You know, how did you first hear of it? Because I think we've heard a lot about the event itself, but I'd be curious to hear is just what your personal experience was connected to it. So we were doing our our show during the parade, so local time, about 10 to 2, and the parade started around 1045, but we were fortunately – further up the parade route, so I don't want to make it seem like I was right there at at Union Station. It was probably about a seven-minute walk from where we were at. Uh, We had just gotten off the air shortly before 2 o'clock, and we were starting to pack up some of our equipment, and all of a sudden, uh, down one of the main parade routes, uh, Grand Boulevard Mm -hmm. uh, is what it's called here, there was at least five initially just police vehicles flooring down the street, which we thought was a little odd, and then all of a sudden, it became really apparent something was going on, and there must have been another 10 to 15 of them uh, flying down the road. And so at that point, we knew something, something was wrong. And we were, we were broadcasting from a hotel, um, and so we went back inside the, the hotel, and at that point, people had already started to crowd around the TV because a lot of local news stations were already live, of course, for the parade coverage because the actual rally where uh, Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Chiefs, had just wrapped up, I think, nine seconds before the first shots were heard. So think about that. I mean, players were just leaving the stage. Um, and then so they locked down our hotel for just a couple of minutes, even though, as I said, we were far away. Um, and so that was kind of our direct experience. And then after that, I mean, you had so many people that were walking away from the parade route, heading back to their car or whatever. And, and I, I don't think a lot of people still at that point knew mm-hmm. uh, that it was an active shooter situation. Talking with Alex Gold, party, part of uh... – Cody and Gold, uh, our sister station in Kansas City. Um, Alex, I, I lived in Kansas City for about six years, and knowing the area down there, um, how are the children that were hit, how are they doing? Because what uh, people may not know is just off of the parade route, like maybe a block or two down, is the children's hospital. 
So any updates on the kids that were hit? Are they doing better? Have some of them come out? Uh, what's the latest? So the good news when it comes to some of the children involved here is uh, all of the children have been released from Children's Mercy Hospital. As you mentioned, yeah, they've got to actually, they just expanded it too. It's a beautiful, fantastic hospital, not too far away at all uh, from where uh, the shooting took place. And so while the release from the hospital, I think we all recognize there's long-term, uh, you know, emotional, mental uh, trauma that can still be experienced. But from a physical standpoint, yes, thank goodness, uh, all the children were released. Um, and I last check, I believe there was still one individual uh, that was an adult that is still in the hospital or was as of yesterday. I haven't got an update this morning. Um, and unfortunately, as you guys know, there was the one victim that did pass away. And Alex, we saw some stories after the incident that uh, Taylor Swift had donated money towards uh, the victims and that Patrick Mahomes and his wife had visited some of the victims. As far as the Chiefs and, and those, maybe those individuals specifically or the Chiefs as a whole, what have you seen has been you know, their impact and any steps they have taken to try to help the, the city heal as much as possible? You know, it's been it's been incredible to see the the community kind of rally around each other and, and support each other here. Uh, you you mentioned Taylor Swift; she donated a hundred thousand uh, dollars to the family of, of the the victim that did pass away, Travis Kelsey. His foundation that he has here locally donating a hundred thousand dollars to two of the children that were uh, injured in the shooting. Uh, the Chiefs organization have partnered up with the United Way, and so they have a, what they're calling a Casey Strong Fund, and that's kind of been the hashtag and the theme. And there's a lot of T-shirts that are being sold right now that 100% of the proceeds go to some of these victims. And so uh, Patrick Mahomes, um, his organization has partnered up with that, that Casey Strong Fund, um, but him himself uh, and his wife, I should say, uh, did go to the Children's Hospital uh, the very next day, I believe, after the shooting. And there's some photos that are out there where they went and visited some of these victims. So if there, you know, anything in, in a horrific event, it, you know, it has been encouraging to see uh, so much support, whether it's from professional athletes or just everyday people in the community trying to, to, to help each other and kind of talk, talk through this event um, that, you know, understandably so, has, has startled so many people. I mean, this city's been... Uh, on, on kind of a heater, guys, here recently. What I mean by that, I mean, the brand-new airport was built. The NFL draft was here last year. Obviously, the, the Chiefs are winning championships right now. There's the first women's professional soccer stadium that is going to open here next month. Um, there's just a lot of uh, momentum. Those are just some of the things of where the city is headed. And to see an event like that take place is is obviously horrific. And, you know, look, there's a, like any city, there, there's a gun violence problem going on in Kansas City, Missouri. This is you know, a lot of people here said, well, this is not representative of Kansas City. As much as I would love to agree with them, because I'm, I'm from Kansas City, unfortunately, gun violence is a, is a real problem um, in the city. And it sounds like, you know, this dispute that took place uh, that, that led up to this shooting is exactly, you know, what unfortunately we, we see happen on a daily basis um, in, in Kansas City. This just all happened to be at a massive million person parade where, you know, innocent bystanders were there and, and you have individuals with guns that, that have no regard whatsoever for human life. All right, Alex, I want to turn you towards football because here in New England, what is pacifying our time right now is watching Apple TV's The Dynasty. And when you hear that word, here's the belief here. We don't believe there is anybody who's going to be able to pass the Patriots' dynasty of winning six and especially winning uh, four, five, and six with about an eight- to ten-year gap in between. Now the conversation is about the Chiefs and do they have a dynasty? Can you make a case right now that the Chiefs are the current dynasty? 
Well, I think absolutely they're the dynasty right now. If we want to have a conversation, can they can they catch the Patriots and whether or not Mahomes can catch Brady? I think that that to me that's the conversation and debate over the next ten plus years. But in terms of are the Chiefs a dynasty? I mean, I, I don't know what other uh, evidence we need to see that they are, of course, right now the dynasty in all of sports, uh, having. Uh, gone to, what, six AFC title games, going to four Super Bowls, winning three in a five-year span. I mean, I think that is kind of the definition of a dynasty. Now, So, so kind of like the Chiefs, Buffalo Bills in the early 90s where they went to four straight Super Bowls? And yeah, they lost well, the Bills, all, all Bills, of them, right? Yeah, yeah no, sorry. I, yeah, so, I mean, the, the difference, as you were about to say, and I apologize, is the, the Chiefs obviously have actually captured the, the Lombardi Trophy multiple times. If you know, the fact that if the Chiefs would have lost to San Francisco, then I think the argument on whether they were a dynasty or not would be fair. Uh, but when you win three and five years in this day and age of the NFL, I think it's clear they're a dynasty. Uh, I, again, I think the debate is going to be, and already has started, as you guys know, is just whether or not the Chiefs as an organization or Patrick Mahomes as an individual can catch Tom Brady and if the Chiefs can catch the Patriots. And okay, now, so, oh, well, so you say catching Tom Brady. In a pantheon of one, two, three, Brady – Mahomes, Montana. Give me your one, two, three. Yeah, so right now I think it's Brady one, Mahomes two, Montana three. I think we're down to two guys now that we're debating for the greatest of all time. And depending on how we want to shape the mm. argument, everybody now, and we're, we're guilty of it in sports media, it's always about rings now. Um, and, and so if it's just about rings, obviously Mahomes has three, Brady has seven. He is a long way off from that. I think it's going to be fascinating to see in the next decade. Obviously, yes, the number of rings Mahomes has. But uh, the fact that we saw Brady play Mahomes, and, and I'm not popular for saying this in Kansas City, but I have told people that, uh, to me, he has to get within two at least because Brady beat him head-to-head in the Super Bowl. And I know that sounds silly because, obviously, they're both playing quarterback and they're not actually playing head-to-head like if we were having Michael Jordan and LeBron play head-to-head, which we never got. I think that's going to be the biggest argument that maybe folks up in New England will use uh, for Brady's case. Uh, if Mahomes uh, doesn't even, doesn't get to six or seven, people will say he didn't even get to six or seven, and Brady beat him in his 40s. So I think that's the uphill climb that Mahomes has. Um, but I'll be honest, guys, like if we're just talking about uh, not not for the masses to agree, but if we're talking about uh, for uh, individuals like myself that are sports fans, I mean, I, I can the watch Mahomes game. play it and and. I can tell that he, to me, is a better quarterback than Tom Brady. I know that's not how we view the greatest of all time. We've made it all about rings. But I can watch Mahomes play, and he is the best quarterback I've ever seen. And, Alex, trust me, I use that, as someone in New England, I use that head-to-head argument all the time in the AFC Championship game in 2018. (laughs) So no offense there. But I want to follow up on that because I think one thing that has separated Brady and the Patriots and their run is that the time and that the roster that started Super Bowl 50, uh, 42 excuse me, was totally different than the one that started Super Bowl 36. And the one that started Super Bowl 46 sure. was totally different than the one that started Super Bowl 53, or a lot different. Are there any concerns for you and for Kansas City about how is this going to look when Andy Reid eventually retires, or Travis Kelsey retires, and they because I think they've done a great job turning over the defense. This defense is young and it's great and it's much better than they were four years ago. But this offense was inconsistent this year. There's some questions there. Uh, are there concerns that you have of how they're going to be once this really starts to turn over? So I think what you mentioned with Andy Reid to me that's the biggest question. Whenever that day comes, what, you know whether that's next year or two years, I should say, or five years from now. Whenever Andy Reid calls it quits, I think that will be the next great challenge, if you will, 
in Mahomes' career and to see what that looks like, which is why here, at least in Kansas City, the feeling is, of course, rack as many of these up while you can while Andy Reid is still the head coach because I think that'll be a fair concern, whoever ends up replacing Andy Reid, if they're able to uh, replicate the same type of success. Now, Mahomes, we know, is 28 years old, so that nobody's necessarily concerned about Mahomes and where his ability is going to be over the next five to seven-plus years or anything like that. It's, it's the question of if Andy's gone in two years, then who steps up and are they able to mask uh, some of the deficiencies that they clearly did have on offense um, but right now, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of folks here at least believe that they got at least one more of Kelsey Reed Mahomes at, at this level. Um, and if they were able to win it this year, which they were in a year in which the offense clearly wasn't anywhere near what they had been, um, it's kind of hard currently for Chiefs fans to think that this thing isn't going to continue um, for another couple of years before maybe they do have a little bit of a lapse. And that's been the weird discussion here. Everybody has brought up what you mentioned, which is, you know, the 10-year gap that the Patriots had. And so right now we're asking people locally in Kansas City, Mahomes has three, would you lock in five? And you guys probably aren't surprised to hear this. There's Most Chiefs fans won't even lock in five right now wow. because, you know, everybody's a little greedy. Alex Gold of our sister station, 610 Sports Radio, Kansas City. Now, when I asked you about the three to rank, here's where I think yes. Joe Montana gets a fair but yet unfair shake is – Montana has four titles in eight years. There was a strike year in there where he didn't play. His bat goes out in year 10, and then the, and then people kind of forget what Montana was. By that time, Steve Young jumps in. He becomes the quarterback for San Francisco. I would say that it's Brady 1. We agree on that. I think it's, right now, I think it's still Joe Montana 2 and Mahomes 3. Now, if the Chiefs win it again next year, then I would say... Mahomes has done something that nobody's done before, won three in a row, and I would even give him a pass. I know New England doesn't want to hear this. He wouldn't have to win seven to match Brady right? because he won the three in a row. So if he wins five but three of them were in a row, I would have to say, hmm, he might have done more, say, in a 12-year window than Brady did over a 20-year window. So that's So really it comes down to this season – for me, if if he clearly puts Montana in the dust at number two and now has something that's different that no other quarterback has is to win three in a row, especially in this day of free agency. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there is a part of my heart that's still in Kansas City. I lived there for a little bit, but you know what? <laughs> Tom Brady and I, damn it, have a birthday a day apart. So, so, Alex, thank you so much. Please give our best wishes here from greater New England to the people of getting well and healing. And we understand the strong hashtag, that Boston strong, that's where it starts. So we're with you and Casey strong in recovery and healing. And uh, hopefully we can get back to some days pretty soon. I think Gerard Mayo might have some things turn around that we might have to put a little banana in the tailpipe of this little train you guys got going on. <laughs> hey, that'd be fun. I appreciate the kind words, guys. Thanks. Alex, take care. Yeah, that's um, that's so. It's good to hear, John, that the kids who were injured in last week's parade are virtually all home. Yeah, and, and I think it was nice to hear how the Chiefs and the city is trying to work together to move forward through this. Because you know, one thing about a pro sports team, and you know this, KJ, mm. a lot of guys that play for a team don't necessarily live in the area, especially right. in the off season. Yet it feels like a lot of these Chiefs players are invested in the city of Kansas City, and they're invested in the people there. And I think that's a really nice thing to see. Because, again, you don't always get that. So it's nice to see. It's not just, hey, we play for the Chiefs, we're really good, we win the Super Bowl. It's, hey, we care about... 
Kansas City. We care about the people here. And he had mentioned that the city had been going through a lot of positive transitions right. over the last few years. So it's it was it's nice to see them at least trying to 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 work together to maybe move forward. Yeah, a lot has changed since I left there. I, I want to say I left there maybe about fifteen years ago. But you know, at the time the Rams were over on the other side of the state and they still had clout. So now they're really a they're the team for the entire state. Um, beyond the whole what you felt about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, I think that's what's kind of going to be the concern I have if the Chiefs do a dynasty that in future in future years they're going to people who are going to say, well, clearly the Chiefs dynasty was better because Taylor Swift hung out with them. You, you know that's coming. Right? Oh, I, I do. And one thing <laughs> I think, like for the Chiefs, and I the turnover factor that the Patriots had, and and I mentioned. Yeah. The team that went 16-0, and that roster was a lot different than the team that won Super Bowl 36. And the team that won Super Bowl 36 to Super Bowl 49, there was like one, one player left over, which was Brady and a handful of coaches. Like that amount of transition, that's one thing. And one thing, if you're a Chiefs fan and if you're a Patriots fan, maybe to worry about is the Chiefs have won back-to-back Super Bowls without Tyreek Hill. Like, yeah. So they've gone through a major if transition. If they win a third one... Like, yeah, well, that's that, going to do something to our ego. Yeah, and that's something. And the Patriots came close, right? I mean, they had an opportunity to win three I, in a row. See, and we don't have to relitigate that. Check. I, that's but, what I mean. When we talked to him at twelve twenty, I don't want to get ahead in the series, but I want to see when he looked at the film of Mercury Morris and the remaining Dolphins in the Super Bowl as the Giants were driving that you know where the Patriots could have gone undefeated completely for the whole season. That look on their face, I just want to know what it looked like to a director. To see that, I don't know what episode, but that's got to be in that clip because usually those Miami seventy-two Dolphins, those seventy-two Dolphins, Miami guys that are still living. They're all very cocky and conceited, and literally have the bottle in their hand. I still remember the cut shot to them looking absolutely. I, I'm going to save it for twelve twenty. We talked to Matthew Hamachek. All right, next man, you got a great beef going on in sports radio right now on oh, sports talk. We'll talk about that next. Plus more of your comments three seven ninety three seven the text line six one seven. Seven seven nine seven ninety three seven. It's KJ and Lions in for Gresham Fourier. Good President's Day to you. WEEI. It's KJ and Lions in for Gresham Fourier. Good President's Day to you. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Text line three seven ninety three seven. Coming. I still have to tell a, a an amazing, amazingly funny story that happened. When John hit me up for a donation while I was at dinner, literally swiping my card at the same time. You know what I'm talking about, right, John? Uh, I think I remember. Oh, see, you, you remember. but you, you, you I remember the, the donation, I'll tell you that, oh, there you, which I appreciate. <laughs> oh, yeah. that We'll talk about that here next hour. Plus, we still have Matthew Hamachek to talk about the dynasty. He's the director. Uh, two parts are already out. The great thing is John and I haven't seen all of them, so we're not going to be like, you can't, you better watch. You, oh, there's something you got to see in five. You ever see, you ever watch something like that with someone and they're telling you ahead of time, oh, you don't want to miss this part. And you're like, just please be quiet. I want to watch this. It's yes. like one yeah. of those serious things. Like I want to ingest everything. So we, we've only seen the first two parts, but then again, I guess that's, that's what happens. I guess that we'd have to put it on our time card if they made us watch the remain. I wouldn't even put it in my time card if I had to. Watch more for for if I for could get paid to watch that, I would I would do that. Isn't that's that like crazy those promote. That's like those pro- Yeah, so Ken, if yeah, you're listening, like those pro- and you want to pay me to listen <laughs> to like watch those, that. It's like those promotions where it's like you can get paid to watch all the Game of Thrones or all the Harry Potter or all yeah. something like that. Yeah, like come on, we could do that. I'll, here. I'll take money for that. 
you know, I do it for free. Just send it to me. But then again, you know what? If I like, we, we did a leak or something like that, they'll be like, "What? What's going on? You guys got leaking stuff out there?" Do you, I, I'm not like that guy, but you know, I'd be tempted because I'd be like, "They could, they could be giving me money for this." Yeah. Totally send it to TMZ for thousands of dollars. <laughs> Put my own watermark over it. And be yeah. like, it's my content. You know, oh, that's yeah. how they do it now. Yeah. Right? Don't, don't, don't say that to Matt. <laughs> <laughs> three seven ninety three seven. Uh, Joe, what do you have on the text line? I got a big one uh, here from the two. Oh, I was say you have a text. Okay, yeah, a okay. text from the two. A big text from the two oh seven that says Mahomes hasn't even caught Terry Bradshaw yet. So STFU about Mahomes and Brady in the same sentence. Yeah, but here's the thing: it, we, there's, a, there's no there's no period yet in the Mahomes story, right? There's a comma. Right, and if he wins three in a row, and let's say he wins six total, you might have that argument because nobody else has won three in a row. I, I'm just calling it as I see it. I'm not saying he's. I say he's three behind. He's he's third behind Brady. I still have Montana at two because Montana won four in eight years. Bat goes out in year ten and is never really the same player. But you have to take all the bad with the good, and that's why I think eventually it'd be easier to pass Montana winning a fourth one. But then getting to Brady. You're probably going to have to win two more. Look, Mahomes and Bradshaw have played in the same amount of Super Bowls already. Bradshaw won one more, yes. But I don't think any reasonable person could look me or you in the eye, KJ, and say Terry Bradshaw is a better player than Patrick Mahomes. Well, just to continue that text, let's let's be honest with ourselves. And I, I understand what the guy's saying, but this goes to what Alex Gold also said, that it's all about rings. And while I think championships are firmly the most important measure of a player's greatness, it is not 100% the measure. Patrick Mahomes with three rings is a better player than Well, the than 207 tries to justify and says Bradshaw played in an era where Mahomes would be six feet in the ground if he got hit the way Terry Bradshaw did. He probably oh, would get now, hit the way Bradshaw did. That's kind of old man yelling at the He's cloud bigger, because... stronger, and more mobile. So right, probably I mean, would... the shoes are better. And weren't <laughs> the know, defensive the... linemen like 50 pounds lighter than right. would play today? I, I and I'm not way. trying to diminish Bradshaw. Like He had a tremendous career. He's a Hall of Famer. But right. I think Terry Bradshaw would tell you that Patrick Bobbs is a better player than him. Well, uh, here's the other part. Like You would have more games on turf. right? So that means a quicker Patrick Mahomes. Now, granted, the turf was horrible for a lot of those players in their bones. But again, you know, you have to take that. You're like, hey, okay, they're playing on turf. The dude's already quick as it is. That you're just making him quicker. It's like the Barry Sanders argument they used to make. Hey, Come on, waddle wanna... over here. Yeah, if you want, if you want to make an argument of how you stop Barry Sanders, the, the answer used to be put him on grass, right? You mostly see most of his highlights on turf. So if Patrick Mahomes is on turf, uh, you might have seen something that you've never seen before. You just don't know. That's why I don't like putting. Guys in different eras and saying this, like in basketball, I'm like, have you seen the basketball shoes that those guys yeah. wore? Just especially years ago? that far apart. Like Mahomes oh, and Brady played in the same era together. Brady and Montana were not that far removed from each other. But I mean, when we're talking 2024 to the 1970s, like well, it is I, a lot different. And Mahomes the, is still better. Whatever the narrative is going to be with Mahomes, part of that narrative is a lot of great quarterbacks he knocked to the wayside. With Brady, really, it was just Roethlisberger and Peyton Manning. Ah, but here, I I would disagree there. Like, if you look at what Brady did, he stopped a Rams dynasty from happening with Kurt NFC, Warner, right? But he, but he stopped a dynasty from happening. The Colts with Peyton Manning very well could have had a dynasty if not for okay, Brady and Belichick. Yes. Roethlisberger, you mentioned it, I know. But, like, we're talking, the Mahomes would have won a Super Bowl earlier if not for Brady and Belichick. How about the Baltimore Ravens that won a Super Bowl in 2012 but lost to the Patriots in the playoffs in 2011 and 2014? Like, there's multiple dynasties 
that Brady and the Patriots stopped from happening. I'm just saying that here are names that if Patrick Mahomes continues to do what he's doing, that will never get to that spotlight. You're talking Josh Allen. You're talking about Lamar Jackson. Joe Burrow. You're talking about Justin Herbert. Joe Burrow. I know he made one, but. Right, he made one, right? But you're talking about, like, I've given you five names all from the same time period in the same conference. That would be kind of impressive if you you make those guys persona non gratas while ascending that that that's going to be a check mark on your side where with Brady well, Russell Wilson other, and the Seahawks that's another one sorry to that cut was you NFC. off but that it, was but NFC. you but these are all teams Brady beat saying, and stop dynasties potentially no what i'm saying is these are guys that Patrick Mahomes are even beating just to get to a super bowl right not meeting up Russell Wilson in the super bowl not meeting up with Peyton Man uh not meeting up with uh Kurt Warner in the super bowl or or Brett Favre like right? who you know who probably didn't get an extension on what he was trying to build that was kind of stopped by the Rams. All right, one more text, and then we'll get to this story that's just absolutely fascinating. This one actually just came in a minute ago from an 860. Patrick Mahomes is an elite quarterback, question mark. How many elite quarterbacks does he have to face compared to what Tom Brady had to face? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and I'm I think it's s- about even overall. No. Like, if you include... Yeah, so, so as far, much, as, as, so much far, as I love Steve McNair, Steve McNair is not in the same Steve conversation. Steve McNair did win a co-MVP in 2003 and Brady point. beat him in the but, playoffs. But nobody's saying, oh my gosh, he'd stop Steve McNair from moving forward, right? Like, I, I I did Steve McNair's resume tape in college, okay? So, I look, there's nobody I probably love more than him from a personal level. That wasn't going to get him past Brady that we're not talking about. I'm, we're literally talking about the essence of the great quarterbacks in this league right now all tend to be in the AFC and are getting and are not getting past Mahomes. Well, so far, Mahomes in Super Bowls yeah. has had to play uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, lost to Tom Brady, uh, Jalen Hurts, and then Brock Purdy. Right. Yeah. So, so I, like, I think the argument is actually, and I understand what you're saying about like NFC to get there to get through them, but I think the overall argument is really similar. Like, if you look at the potential dynasties or multiple championships Brady stopped maybe we're like think about the 49ers with Mahomes they could have won two out of the last four Super Bowls if not for comebacks from Mahomes Brady did similar things with the you know the Seahawks the Rams all these other teams so I think that's something that you know I think in the in the end will end up actually being pretty similar the overall number I would I would wish that but I'm just I'm just a realist okay so look there's a great story developing right now going on between Bill Simmons and Pat McAfee. So play cut one about Bill Simmons. This is Bill Simmons doing a, an incredible Pat McAfee impersonation. Well, McAfee's created a new version of how to do this. Uh-oh. He starts the show and it'd be like, Cowboys, bro, I don't know, man. I don't know. What's going on there, bro? And then it cuts to his three people. Right. And then they'll be like, well, I don't know. And then they'll go back to him and say, it's not good, bro. Not good. Not keep an eye on that, bro. We don't have a rundown, bro. No rundown on this show, bro. Jordan Love, I don't know, bro. <laughs> Look, that's funny because that's a spot-on impersonation, right? You can't really take yourself super serious in that. But Pat McAfee kind of took offense to it and clapped back over some fan duel stuff that both both guys were involved with tied to the Super Bowl. Here's that. I think Bill Simmons, who has it all figured out. Yep, I think yeah. he had like 8,000 yep, people yeah, riding alongside group, yep. him. Like 8,300, I think. Did That's a hit. huge number. Yeah. yeah, did not hit. That's no. really big. Really good, Bill. You still have it. <laughs> I think we had 250,000 yep. people or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, keep oh. running your mouth, Bill. Yeah. Keep running your mouth. Sensitive. Sensitive. But Simmons, who's really kind of dug into this industry, like knows the back wall, you know, like kind of like the back roads of how this thing works. 
I mean, comes with a Nas ether level shot when he responds to what McAfee said. Here it is. 123 million. Because I thought people under 25 were on TikTok and on YouTube. And then you see like ESPN, they do at the end of the year or the end of the month, be like highest ratings ever for Get Up and all these different shows. Same for Fox. All their shows are up. Everybody's ratings are basically up except for the NBA and whoever replaced the 12 p.m. Sports Center. Damn. Shots fine. You know what? Is all this time, John, that people say they love rap beefs and stuff like that. This is great. Yeah. I want to see Tupac Biggie level with these two at this point. Yeah. I don't know. Are you a fan of the Ringer, Bill Simmons project there? I'll be honest. I really don't ingest a lot of other people's stuff. And that's just from being a professional a bit. I, I, I don't know how to really explain it. It's like it's very Jordan-esque. Why am I watching, you know, Isaiah Thomas's game when I got my game to work on? Yeah, that's fair. Like I like the Ringer, but I think Bill Simmons is like if you read the Ringer, it's very like in depth. There's a lot. Their articles have a ton of detail, which I think is fantastic. So I think he has See, a that disdain. Be kind of book to me, you know? he has a disdain for McAfee in the you know just kind. Of, and I don't want to say culture. yeah, and, and just it's so much more relaxed on McAfee's shows. And again, it's a different style, and they make good content. But it feels like Simmons, like that feels like a real disdain. You know, it's not one of those publicity beefs. Like that feels like he has some real disdain. I think if it had stopped at, you know, hey, this is an impersonation, it's really funny, it's spot on, because if someone, if an alien came down and was like, how does this Pat McAfee show sound, and you put that Bill Simmons clip on, you'd be like, yeah, that's it right there. But then McAfee brings in business, and then Bill Simmons goes for the super dig on the dude's ratings. And Not so- good, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the next hour of KJ and Lions at Progression Fourier next here on WEEI. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is kind. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.